You're listening to Disturbing the Priest with Brandon Baddick. Ma'am, how's it going? Very good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Ma'am, you're from Exumer, and what a lot of people don't know is your other band, Skull Pit 2018. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, how did that form? Um, I was um, a Church of Misery fan for a while, uh, which is Tatsu's um, main band. And at some point, he noticed on social media that I was wearing T-shirts or whatever. And I have a pretty extensive record collection. I've been posting stuff on my IG account. And um, and he just reached out to me out of the blue. And he said, hey, man, you know, I've seen you've been wearing our shirts. Thank you so much. I've been a huge um, Exumer fan since uh, since the late 80s. And, you know, it's an honor for you to wear our shirts and whatnot. I said, hey, that's, you know, whatever. But um, um, I was really happy about, you know, talking to him. And then we just kind of stayed in touch, you know, writing each other, sending each other stuff like, you know, records, tapes, whatever. And um, at some point he, um, he sent me these files of these songs. And he said, you know, uh, I would love to, do this project it's very um motorhead heavy um new wave of british heavy metal heavy sounding stuff um uh are you interested in it? and i was like yeah it's cool so it kind of like lingered on for a year in my email account and then i was like you know what let me just throw some vocals write some lyrics throw some vocals on on, on those tracks and then i just developed into those sculpted um songs and um we said all right let's uh give this a whirl and uh we shopped it around a little bit we had like 10 songs i'd after i was done recording my vocal tracks i shopped it around a little bit and then metal blade said hey we would like to do you know we'd like to at least release one of these records if you do uh, more than one and i said yeah that's cool and um so that's how we ended up um releasing that project that's awesome and that's uh from 2018 could fans ever expect another release so I have um, three songs um, demoed right now. Cool. So we're working on some stuff. This is a, you know, it's it's not like a touring band or anything. It's a project. So we don't really have a timeline for anything. So when we have a little time on our hands and, you know, we feel up to doing stuff, that's when we do it. But it's not a, it's kind of dormant, but at the same time, it's not like, um, you know, I mean, it's 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 an ongoing project. So uh, he'll send me some stuff to demo on and and uh, uh, demo vocals on and stuff. And um, uh, and I I am actually talking to one of my friends out here um, who plays drums for Sheer Terror, Anthony, and uh, he's probably going to lay down some drum tracks on those three songs that Tatsu um, awesome prepared. So yeah, so it's it's like a real collab type of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, fair enough, man, because like Exumer is pretty busy this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't blame you. But uh, I, I want to go back in time a little bit, like talking about Exumer and whatnot. So, so like way back 80s, what was your introduction to thrash metal? But like, I mean, put it this way. I mean, I got into music in the la- uh, late 70s. And then... um as the early 80s kicked off i mean i started off you know like everyone else in europe pretty much getting to uh new wave british heavy metal you know um and you know still uh loving the bigger bands as well such as priest and maiden and whatnot 
but you know at that time they just uh, at least um Maiden just had uh, a couple of records out and I, I was really into Motorhead and then um I started you know I probably the first real thrash if you want to consider that was on the Metal Massacre album in 82 cool. uh with with Metallica um I think that hit the lights on there and um that was like what is considered traditional thrash at this point but you know i also was into anvil if you listen to like um mm. metal on metal there's some really thrashy songs on there oh, yeah. i wasn't that term wasn't coined yet but um you know so those were the first few things that i kind of consider or even the first exciter there's some real threat i mean we used to call it speed metal but yeah. if you think about it speed metal and thrash it's kind of like the same thing especially at, in those early days and so that was my introduction and then really starting it off with you know first metallic album first slayer record and so on we always thought slayer was um we we said slayer sounds like a mix between metallica and and venom uh -huh. so you know it had the black metal aspect of venom but then you know it had like the crisp guitars of metallica so that's that that was uh you know, you kind of like, everybody sounded pretty unique, you know, like there wasn't, you know, everybody had their own sound and that kind of, that trend actually uh, went throughout the 80s, I believe. And um, so that was, those were the first beginnings, right? New Wave of British Heavy Metal, then venturing into like heavier stuff. And then as Thrash arrived, you know, with Metallica, Slayer, whatnot, um, you know, I mean, I was right then and there. I mean, I I picked up all those records as they were happening. I mean, so. Yeah, I wish, man. It's it's a fortune now. Yeah. <laughs> like all yeah, those yeah. first presses and whatnot. Uh, yeah. 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 It, it's it's rough, but but I find them. Uh, sure, now, yeah. now Exumer is is one of like the coolest names of a band ever. And you said in the past that your dad coined it. My dad came up. Yeah. With it. Yeah. 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 Uh, it <laughs> was funny. I mean, we're we were looking for a name and then um and i was fascinated like you know with like i was also fascinated with like bands like hellhammer and stuff like that and the imagery of it and death and whatnot you know um and my dad he was looking at all the stuff that i was into and then you know he's like oh you're really uh interested in like dying things i was like yeah he's like why don't you kind of like instead of dying you know like uh, re resurrect something that's dead and like sort of like exhume something and i was like oh that's cool and then he said you can call yourselves exhumer and i'm like yeah that sounds great <laughs> and then um and then we just dropped the h to make it our own and yeah. um and then uh that's how it all came about but yeah my dad was um my parents really helped me out back then um they really supported me and um uh, you know, they gave us our first rehearsal space and stuff like that. It was in my dad's garage, actually. Um, he had like a, a, a car, and he was he was working on cars and stuff, and he had a garage, so he he designated a room for us. Um, and cool. that's where we started. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how awesome. all that happened. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And then to you know build upon what you said about the band's imagery. So where does that come from? Is it like a Mad Max like inspired oh, so, character? Is it so basically that was the creation of the guy that um was drawing our album covers and 
you know he just cool. came up with the ma- mask concept it was more like um you know friday the 13th yeah and he just gave us various um ideas and we liked that the best and you know and then you know back in the day everybody was you know trying to get a mascot you know and a theme going and we kind of thought that was really cool because you can build upon that you know album for album and then we you know we kept the mask going uh, uh, up to this day so um it worked out really well so yeah now in the past you've also said that you think uh bonded by blood is the greatest thrash metal album of all time do you still stand on that oh, yeah, 100 yeah, yeah, yeah has exodus had a major impact on your songwriting oh, yeah. in the band oh yeah 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 i mean i think um so what happened with that record that specific record was um we had that album like a year prior to its release that's awesome so back then in the tape training circles that record was came out like i mean i think i heard it like summer of 84 at least fall of 84 it wasn't released until like 85 i think and um so we knew how explosive that record was by the time it was actually released some of that steam went away so exodus never blew up in the same way that i think they deserved like slayer metallica megadeth whatever right um and I think part of that, the reason was that that they delayed the release of it, but people who knew had it. So by the time it was released, it was still hot, but it could have been hotter, you know. Yeah. So um, going back to uh, you know uh, us being inspired by it, so everyone who was into thrash back then and who was in the underground knew that record so it was already like by the time we formed exumer ray and i formed exumer we were heavily influenced by that record so um and my vocal style was influenced by you know paul's vocals and then in the winter of 85 when they first came to europe that's when we first met them too um uh i was we were completely into into that band like you know i mean it was like a big thing and then you know meeting paul and gary was was younger on the younger side he's still older than me but not by a whole lot but paul was substantially older and yeah. he was he was a character man that's it was, awesome it was cool. what was it like it was, meeting paul for the first time it was insane i was like you know I, was, I think i was like 17 maybe and i was working for metal hammer back then and huh. you know we we had you know, we had access to them. And um, so the first thing he said, yeah, cool. Nice meeting you. Uh, you're a friend of Matthias. Matthias was the um, uh, president of the Venom's Legions in, in Germany, who also ended up being our manager. But um, he had, you know, he we met Metallica through him. We met all these bands through him because he was a big deal in the, in the German uh, metal scene and cool. like he had access to all these bands and we we're like you know we're all friends from way back and um so i said yeah i'm matthias friend and he's like hey man um uh, i have asthma uh give me a second and he pulled out his asthma pump and then the next thing he said oh do you have any weed on you <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was like uh we can 
get things going, you know, but <laughs> it was like, holy crap, this dude is like off the chain, you know? I mean, that was me at 17 who already kind of like party, partied and got into things. Yeah. I was like, wow, there's this older dude who has asthma and he doesn't care at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that was my first impression of Paul. It always stuck. And then even in the 90s when we reconnected, when Exodus reformed in that, um, with Paul in the mid late nineties, mm. we hung out. I remember, and I'm telling them the story, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, yeah, I was wild." I'm like, "Yeah, you are." Like, you, <laughs> you're like, "Yeah, you, you, you made me rethink my 17 year old self too." I was like, <laughs> that that's awesome. Uh, now, speaking of like inspirations and stuff, what are some of your like biggest lyrical inspirations? Do you just pull from moment? like thrash metal? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of like, you know, back then uh, I was a kid, so I was inspired by fantasy stuff and political stuff and, you know, things that were happening in the 80s. Um, and that kind of continued minus the, 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 um, the fantasy aspect of the lyrics. Mm. So, you know... Uh, a song like Fallen Saint is just completely made up stuff, you know, like yeah. medieval type of night. Um, but like uh, on our last record, Hostile Defiance, um, I'm I was inspired by my work. I've been working in New York as a social clinical social worker, a licensed social worker for 20 years, um, 20 years plus. And, you know, I've worked with various populations who suffer from mental health needs, unmet mental health needs, substance abuse, and so on. So that record was heavily centered around that theme. And weirdly mm -hmm. enough, that record was released in 2019. And then in 2020, the pandemic hit, and we still have those lingering effects on, on people's mental health. Yeah. Um, so I am, you know, I veered off from uh, being inspired by, you know, fantasy and um, and really lean into things that are you know, immediate to me and you know whether it's political stuff or uh you know stuff uh, things that um have an impact on me via work or whatnot you know so yeah yeah and there's plenty of stuff to pull from from like the modern day i feel like too it's just the chaos <laughs> complete insanity i mean like yeah um we had like you know i mean people know that i'm a pretty left I mean, I'm a liberal person. I'm not, you know, I, I try to be as even keel and as even, you know, I, I listen to both sides of arguments and stuff. But, you know, those years with Trump at the helm over here was like that that felt super chaotic. And now yeah. it's another chaos. But um, oh, yeah. but it, it was like it was like so eventful. Right. So it went from from, you know, the election that was crazy and then four years of Trump, then it went into that into the uh, election with Biden. That was insane. Then the, the, then the pandemic, it's just constantly we're bombarded with stuff, right? Then there's two the riots, two, two riots. Then last week, two trains derail in, yeah. in, in, in a week, you know, spill all, all, out all this tox these toxins that nobody talks about, seems like, you know, it's just insane. And I'm like the UFOs as well. The UFOs, yeah. like, what is going on? So ridiculous. Like, there's so much stuff, and you were being constantly bombarded. So if anybody says, "Oh yeah, I just kind of, 
have, you know, it's cool wherever you tr um, draw your inspiration from, but I have plenty of stuff to write about by just, you know, turning on the news or, you know, uh, turning yeah. on, you know, or just checking out what's going around me. And I mean, I live in New York, so I live on Long Island, but, you know, I go, I go to uh, Queens uh, almost every day. And so I see plenty of craziness. So. Yeah. So, so you're in Queens and, and some of the bandmates are still in Germany, right? So, yeah, since we reformed in 2008, uh, I brought in Tony, um, one of my oldest friends here in New York, who plays, who's been playing bass for us since 2008. And um, so the two of us live here. He's he's he he's between Jersey and New York City. He's got an apartment in in the East Village, and then he stays with his parents out in Jersey. Um, and um, the other three members are in Germany. So especially Ray, and then our drummer Matthias and Mark. They all live in Germany, but they also live in different parts of Germany. They're about two and a oh, half wow. hours. Yeah. So it's a it's, but as as disjointed it may sound like we're not disjointed at all um you know all our records uh for instance since we you know reformed all the metal blade albums uh have been written uh as a unit so what i mean by that is that we come together we you know rehearse we write together you know i mean people prepare you know i come with ideas and you know everybody comes with ideas but like all these records are not um uh are being written in silos so these are all real band efforts we just take the time to get together and you know rehearse on multiple occasions before we um and write songs on multiple occasions before we actually track an album so um as disjointed as we are in terms of geography our music we always make sure our music doesn't come across like that yeah. So, so what does that look like? Do you guys use the internet at all? Do you meet up in person? We meet in person. So, yeah. yeah. So every time we, we go on tour, we usually, um, we always rehearse sets together. And then when we do work on records, like I said, we, um, we come together, uh, at, on multiple occasions. Like I went to Germany in November, 2021. We had a session then for this upcoming album. Uh, then last year I went to Germany, um, we rehearsed and now we're working on, um, figuring out, you know, a timeline where we can get together one more time before tracking. Uh, oh. so, so we had in three years, we had three sessions, writing sessions where we just kind of like get together and do nothing but write music and, you know, rehearse what we have written. And then it sounds already like when we go track for an album, people already know what what to do, right? Because it came together as an organic. Like sometimes you you listen to an album these days, and you know that people have written them. You know, people kind of individually worked on on music yeah. and then they kind of do it together, which is cool. I'm not taking anything away from bands or anybody. Everybody has their own style of approaching the, these matters right but our creative process is really locked in as a, as a unit i don't want to put out records that sound like i live in 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 new york and 
Ray lives in Germany, and uh, you know, then them they those three are a part as well. It's, it's not going to sound right. So yeah, I, I totally agree with that, um, and that's really cool. But you guys are under Metal Blade Records now, um, and I've yeah, seen you've yeah. done a lot of stuff with Metal Blade on like YouTube and whatnot. How's it like right. working with Metal Blade? It's great for us because they give us like when we entered our relationship with them, um, we said you know we're a little older. You know, um, music is is when we are doing Exumer stuff, we only do Exumer stuff. But when we're not doing Exumer stuff, we all have other interests. Like my drummer, um, Matthias, uh, works for Creator mainly as their drum tech. He used to own a, uh, a store where he was selling drum equipment out of, you know. Mm. Uh, he used to own a bar, a metal bar. So, like, everybody has their own other um enterprise if you will that they pursue outside the band when we come together and do um exumer that's all we do so we explained that to metal blade you can't you can't um expect us to be like 20 year olds who are going to live on the road for the next year and a half uh promoting our new record we're not going to yeah. do that. it also doesn't work like that because we don't get like you know if you're a new band you can you can position yourself with um bigger bands or other bands out of the genre and you can be on a package when you're an older band like us you know when you want a tour you might end up on a package but most likely you'll you'll um tour on your own and then you have other bands opening for yourself uh for for you so we explained all that to metal blade and they were cool with it they said you know you have total rain they don't expect us to write a new record every two years that cycle you know we don't do that anyway and um and it's not because we couldn't it's more because we we want to put out records we feel right about because in the 80s we released two records and then there was no music and then in 2012 we came back uh after 25 years of um not releasing anything and then we released fire and damnation and we told them you know when we are ready you'll get a record that record's going to be quality and you can promote it right right and then and that relationship has worked right and they've actually renewed like after we put out the raging tides which was our second metal blade album they uh renewed our contract and said you know you're doing really well um and that formula works for us. It's it's different for every band. So I'm not, you know, I don't want to, you know, make general statements about anything, but that's how it works for us. Cool. Well, what you said totally shows, like, in terms of quality. And you can tell, like, the, the records you guys put out, like, it is, it is like a put out when ready, not let's just pump out another Exumer record. Let's just pump out another album. Cause you know, we're in 2023 and it's time to put out a record. So that's really, that's really cool. Um, now metal blade has a lot of, a lot of bands now. Um, are there any like modern bands that inspire you guys or is just the old school stuff? Um, there's one band that I, uh, that I, I'm friendly with their guitar player Warcurse. Hmm. That's a, that's a newer band on metal blade. I mean, the thing is, um, my favorite record of last year was uh, the the last Satan album, and mm, that was out yeah. on Metal Blade. But I mean, Satan is a band from the early '80s. So, to me, I I am you know I I 
I don't like to listen to stuff that I, sounds very much like the stuff that I do myself. So I'll listen to a whole lot of death metal. I'll listen to like I stoner doom stuff, a lot of jazz, anything nice. that doesn't sound like me. Yeah. Because I, uh, it, it will be, but then there are certain bands, like sometimes there'll be a, a, a thrash album that'll just grab me. And then I'll be like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, um but they, they usually, um, like, the, um, like high command. That's, that's, a, that's a cool band. Right. Mm. But they have other elements in their music that I like, you know? And, um, so it's never like a straight up thrash band per se. It's more the combination of other elements that draw me to, uh, that would draw me to a thrash album. Like the, uh, when Power Trip released, um, Nightmare Logic. Yeah. Amazing album. Yeah. But it's not pure thrash, you know what I mean? It's not like thrash the, the way we'd play it. But I thought it was awesome. You know, yeah. it has different elements. So that's that's what I'm inspired by. Or that, not inspired, but that's what I really like. Yeah, and, cool. And I feel like Exumer, you know, is really narrowed in on their sound already. So it's like there's no really need to. But no, that's cool. So so you guys came back after a long hiatus. And, and it's really awesome to see you guys are putting out the same quality content. That you did in the 80s so if you don't mind me asking like what caused the band's hiatus in 1990 i mean i left <laughs> i left the band right after possessed by fire was released and um we were just little kids and having arguments and <laughs> we were i mean we we i i was like i stormed out of the band which i formed with ray and then yeah. three weeks later we're all best friends again and we just remain best friends since then um and then the band went through certain permutations and then uh it just didn't go anywhere and then um they said okay we laid to rest and um and then ray and bernie the two, two guitar players of exuma we had a crossover like hip-hop metal band it's humongous the, fungus right that's correct and yeah. um that was that was stuff that we were into back then, and um, that was pretty successful. I mean, we we did three three albums, three records. One was on Noise, which was released hmm. um, in '94. One was on Sony in '96, and then we recorded another one, but Sony shelved it. They didn't really want to put put it out, and that's also when that's when I decided to come here and. Um, and immigrate to the states and um go to college and whatnot so um so it was a it was just kind of like the fact that it so after i left um exumer it kind of lost a little steam because it's always difficult to replace a um a vocalist right because and it it's up to this day it's one of the harder positions to fill in the band um that and a drummer weirdly enough um uh and then that kind of, that trend continued and then that's kind of like that's what happened we remained friends but the, the band ran its course um paul left to the states and after the european tour in 88 or so 
and he he moved back to the states. So then then they had another singer. So they had three vocalists within a time span of four or five years. That'll break any band. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. Um, and again, you know, um, when we put out "Possessed by Fire," that record blew up for us, even back then. And people expected the continuation of "Possessed by Fire," but "Rising from the Sea" was more, way more Slayer influenced, and the and I wasn't there. So, like, what made "Possessed by Fire" I think so uh, successful? It was not just because it was our in, uh, initial release and our debut, but it was not heavily leaning one way or another. It was yeah. like rising sounds a lot like slayer but if you listen to possessed by fire we have influences from exodus metallica slayer whatever it was like a, a soup a sound yeah. soup right and and that made the album stick out because it was like oh cool this song sounds like this but now they're going into that now this and i was able to channel all that with my vocal style whereas um paul was awesome you know he fit the bill awesome um for for the for, for the slayer influence material but it didn't really veer anywhere outside of that vein of, of slayer and yeah. i think that kind of like already put a damper on things and then you know when he left the band people were like all right we're done with this you know yeah yeah well it's awesome to have you guys back after all those years so you were also in you mentioned a humongous fungus. And is that like anywhere like people can listen to that? Like, is that on Spotify or? I think there's, there, there are like, um, I think there's a video clip on uh, YouTube. That's pretty much it. And the records are on YouTube. Um, cool. I mean, it's completely different. It's, it's yeah, kind of. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, I listen to it now and it's pretty cringe. But <laughs> at the time it wasn't as cringe because, you know, we were in our 20s and you know, that was happening. And, you know, back then we really, you know, I mean, we made it was like 90s New York, right? Yeah. We, I mean, well, I, wasn't in New York. I wasn't, oh. I wasn't even here yet. And, um, and it sounded like we wanted to make a living. I mean, we toured, we, I mean, we toured on those, right? We made a lot of money when playing that style. Um, but when that was done, that's when I moved here. Uh, I came here in like 98, um, mm. um, late 98. And uh, that's when that band also kind of like ran its course. Yeah. And you had another band, Phobic Instinct. But that was the fo my follow-up band from um, Exumer. Oh, we recorded, okay. Yeah, we recorded a record for that, but that was never released. I was just thinking about that. Funny that you mentioned it. Oh. Um, so the first time I came to New York was in 87. And I was staying with some friends in um, upstate New York and in the city. And I have my family's here too on Long Island. So, um, and I was heavily influenced by hip hop at the time, Public Enemy, NWA, whatever was happening, um, especially PE and a lot of New York hardcore. Uh, like in the, I, I was already heavily into New York hardcore, like with um, in 85, 86. And then when I came here, it was like game over. And then when I went back to Germany, I was like, let me, um, you know, do a crossover band that, you know, was heavily influenced by hardcore, but, you know, had thrash elements. So that's what I did. And Phobic Instinct is 
an attempt of doing that. But we did um, record a record for No Remorse Records, which um, put out bands like Grinder and Blind Guardian's first album and stuff like that. Wow. But that record never was released until the 2000s. Um, a friend of mine from Puerto Rico, he put out a CD with that and two other little projects I did uh, in the 80s. And um, yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, so, you know, you guys came back after, what did you say, 25 years? Was yeah, it exactly? So, yeah, so 87 was... Um, when we released uh, Rising from the Sea. Yeah. And 2012 is when we released um, Fire and Damnation. So that was a 25 year break of releasing albums. What prompted you to get back together with Exumer? So um, to me, everything is timing, right? So life is about timing. And um, when in 2007, I was done with school, at least with my bachelor's degree, I did my master's. And Where'd you go? I went to a, a college here on Long Island called Adelphi. Oh, cool. I got my master's from there too. But I was kind of like, I was, I, I had a thrash metal band here that I did stuff with called Sun Descends. And, but then I was like, and Ray had a rock band after I left Germany that he did with Bernie. And that ran its course. And then we're kind of like, we're talking on the phone. And then one day I called him, I said, you know what, you know, let's, let's, let's do Exumer again. And I had Paul come over and stay with me in New York. He lives in Hawaii, on Hawaii. He came for Halloween in 2007. And, <laughs> and um, I said, let's, let's do this. Let's, and Paul was, uh, he was working at Apple at the time. He, I said, I said, let's do this. Let's put the band back together. How cliche. Uh, with, <laughs> with Paul in, on Hawaii, me in New York, and Ray in Germany. And um, wow, has all this access to this technology. And that's what we did. And um, it was, it was the timing was right. Paul actually went on our first tour um, when we first got back in 2009. And then he left the band again. <laughs> but that was okay because. Paul, you know, he was always never really comfortable with this lifestyle anyway. Mm. And um, so, yeah, it was all about timing, about, you know, me wanting to, you know, thinking that we can do it. And we always said, if we put Exumer back together, it's going to be a touring band. It's going to be a recording band. It's not going to be a throwback band. I don't want to put out records that sound like 1988 with like home home recording studio nonsense i want yeah you know it was like we'll, we'll, we'll put we'll do it right right i mean we're not going to tour like we're 20 but we're going to tour comfortably and we're going to put out records that mean something that are relevant to today's environment and that was the vision and i think uh in 2008 that's when we said all right we can do all those things we can emulate these these ideas that we have and, and really pursue them in a meaningful way. Yeah. What was it like getting back with Exumer on like the five nights of fire tour when like you're on stage and you're actually playing in Exumer, like all it the was, talk and then actually doing it. Right. I mean, it, it was like twofold, right? So you are in a position where you're like, wow, these songs are like second nature to you. 
but at the same time they're new because you haven't performed them in like two decades or whatnot yeah <laughs> um and you haven't pre pre performed them with the intent of continuing to perform them right so you have to kind of take ownership of them again even though i wrote all that you know like and um it was kind of bizarre but then like you know after that tour we went we, we took a little break then we went on on many other tours then we recorded the album and like so it then became like second nature again and now you know it's like we totally own the band and like but yeah the five night the 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 main thing that stuck out on that tour was is that we were amazed by how many people knew us how many people cared for it how many new new fans we had right so i mean you know at that time we were in our 40s and we're like already kind of like you know you know i, I was early 40s and um and these these fans come out of the woodwork i mean you know who are like 20 and they know all my songs and i'm like what <laughs> how's that happening and like um so it was cool and now you know it's 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 a regular thing we see you know a dad come with his son or daughter coming to the show and they both know the the, the music they're enjoying it so it's so awesome yeah it's great like like yeah. listen man i'm i'm like 24 so it's like i wasn't even <laughs> i wasn't even yeah, born and, when the and first album came out correct and you know and that's amazing to me that you know that's one um so i always say you know the internet is a weird place right because it takes out all the mystique from when we were growing up you know when we had to kind of fantasize or not fantasize but kind of guess how people were in their real life or guess who you know how is it like to talk to this person or you know because these these bands were larger than life right that's gone you yeah. know you can <laughs> you you can now you can buy meet and greets and like, none of this stuff existed you know when i was when i was 16 i started working for metal hammer it was like somebody giving me the keys to heaven because I, I can was imagine, like, you know, I was like, uh, I went to shows, I had pat backstage laminates for every show. I did interviews. I mean, I used to interview Metallica every time they would come uh, all the way until nine, 1986. You know, I'm like, you know, I, everybody would talk to them on the like, I remember when they played the Metal Hammer Festival in 85, they had a press conference and then I talked to Lars um, exclusively. Right. You know, stuff like that. So, I mean, I, that's happening as a 16, 17 year old, right? So what I'm trying to illustrate was how valuable those experiences were to me and how impressed, you know, how impressive I was, uh, impressive, um, impressionable I was, right? Um, even though I had to play it cool, right? Um, but now all that's gone because you can buy all yeah. Back then, you couldn't buy any of that. Like either you were or you weren't, right? Either you knew people or you didn't know them. Um, and so, but on the flip side of that, the access to music and and history and all that that would not be possible without the internet and the, the information we have, the access to information we have these days. So I can't run around and say oh everything sucks then uh, the good old days is where it's at 
and at the same time say, oh, it's cool that I have 20, 24 year old fa fans. How the hell yeah. would you know about me if you wouldn't have access to my music or even younger people? Like, you know, we play in Moscow and, and, and there's, you know, we play in Moscow twice and each of those times, packed house, you know, Moscow. What? Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't even get into Moscow back when I was growing up. You know, they're just impossible. Now you can't go back either, but different reason. But you know what I mean? Like, um, all that is is you know happening because what's going on with the you know with the connectivity of uh, societies, uh, which was not happening in the eighties. But yeah, so yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like I, I discovered you guys actually like through Spotify and streaming, oh, where it's yeah. like you know fans also like this, and you go down a rabbit hole and just right, discover right. all these bands. Um, so it's so awesome, and like Moscow, you wouldn't, you wouldn't yeah, we think there. at all. It was great. I mean, th this was obviously way before all this nonsense. Right? Yeah, but um, uh, it was great. We didn't know what to expect, and then we went back again. It was like I think we played twenty fourteen. And we went back in 2017 and, you know, we did, we played Moscow twice. We played St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg once. It's great. Awesome. Awesome. But like I said, you know, you, you find yourself in a place that was completely unattainable in the eighties. I mean, not happening. I mean, we, when I, when we recorded possessed by fire, we drove through Eastern Germany in, in, on a transit route. So yeah. that was all staked out and you couldn't veer off. So you entered Berlin, West Berlin, where all the studios were and all the punks and hardcore people and, you know, an island on its own because there's no draft. Back then there was draft in Germany, uh, West Berlin, there was no draft. And, um, and you could not get into any Eastern Bloc country without special visas and stuff. And like, there's no metal, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and now, and then, you know, uh, move forward um, 25 years or 30 years. And then, you know, just kind of like, ah, I'll just fly into Moscow, play Moscow, no problem. A bunch of people, you know, awesome equipment, awesome um, venues, great food great drinks everything is happening like what yeah you know? it's so it's so perfect now but a lot of people will argue like they do miss the community aspect of it because you know you look at back like uh early 80s like metallica like they lars brought the diamond head lightning to the nation's cassette you know and, th and then everyone discovered them through that almost um so you do almost lose that but i, I feel like it's a worthy sacrifice because now you have everything at your fingertips so you know it's cool to be nostalgic because you know what happens is it's an emotional thing right you have especially for people my age you have an emotional attachment to the 80s which is perfectly fine because that's when we came of age right i was 12 years old in 1980 and the world was my oyster musically you know everything um, and so I go back to those emotions, but the reality is, you know, there's a lot of stuff that sucked, you know, what I just mentioned in yeah. terms of, you know, not everything was accessible and, uh, it was just a different world, um, geopolitically, geographically, everything. And, um, 
so yeah i mean it's it's it, it's cool to be nostalgic about those days and yes listen i always say the same thing the the wealth of artistic um of artistry whether it's writing painting music that was happening in the early 80s i don't think you can attain that any anytime soon in the future or now or whatever because if you think about it you know we're on the on the heels of the punk rock movement and then comes like these post-punk new wave stuff joy division stuff like that the cure that's happening metal is happening like all this stuff is just kind of like new york hardcore you know and that bled into the early 90s like grunge all that stuff right yeah um that period is you know i'm always you know i and i'm and think about it none of these bands that i just mentioned sound alike none of them you know different genres they were considered a genre like you know you have sisters of mercy same genre as the cure they don't sound anything like each other and even like in thrash or death metal or like you know you had death possessed celtic frost whatever none of these bands sounded alike everything's its own thing and now that's the one thing that i miss right the, the, the i mean going back is you know everybody puts out stuff the way they want to sound like and you there's a distinct sound of everything and now it's a lot more cookie cutter yeah you know? and that's the thing you know guitar tones are very alike um drum sounds are very alike um so that's the thing i miss but whatever it's all good yeah yeah no that, that's true I, I feel like a lot of metal bands now you get like that very modern production and a lot of it is just like it's just all the same production i feel like it was a much more distinct and that's why i love about uh your modern records because there there is like almost an old school sense to it but there's something new also added that isn't just like every other band it's it's very distinct which is really awesome now speaking of new music can fans expect another exumer record yeah so we're working oh, yeah. on it um yeah so we're we were targeting to release it this year but what is happening and you're quite aware of it because i see you collect vinyl um <laughs> the pre-production dates for vinyl are so stretched out in the future and i don't want to I'm, I'm i mean my collection is rather large and i'm i mean i am very much about that medium yeah and i want that type of media to be represented when we put out our records so what happens is the pre-production time is six months so if we want to have an album out in the summer of 2023 you got to put in six the, months the, six months so in in january you have to put in your um your audio master and, and your artwork for it too and we are already fast tracked right because we're connect i mean metal blade in europe is connected um uh, it's distributed via sony so we have access to all their channels but it doesn't matter yeah it's still six months because then michael not michael jackson but anybody you know <laughs> i don't know any any band that is huge on Sony will come and and they'll or 
record store day or something that they think they need to produce records quickly on vinyl, they'll, you know, I mean, we're a nobody, right? Um, so they'll just, just bump other artists. Yeah, they'll just bump wow. whatever, you know. So in order to that not from happening, so if you put in your, back in the day, it was three months, right? Which is pretty normal, you know, not sensible bad. time frame. Yeah, yeah. So if you put in your audio master and artwork, you put it in, in I don't know, uh, October, it'll come out in January. Perfectly fine, right? And it'll give the, the, the label time to promote it, you know, send out advanced music and stuff like that. Um, now it's six months. So uh, we're like, listen, we're not, you know, I don't want to, you know, so the earliest that we can hand in anything will be probably um, summer to fall wow. of this year. And then you, you tag on, um, you tag on the, the six months oh, pre-production. <laughs> and then you land in like um, early spring of 2024. That's Whoa. how, that's how, the, how it works. Wow. Uh, we wanted to, put it out this year but it's just not realistic and i don't want to put out records our record when everybody else is releasing you know when you know maiden and megadeth and everybody's dropping metallica's putting something Metallica, out you know yeah. like you can't you, know, you you can't because people there there's a sea of of releases every month an ocean of of releases and people just have x amount of money and i i don't want to play that game where i'm like Oh, everybody loves it, but they can't afford to buy the vinyl because they already bought three other records. I don't want that. So uh, we strategically release records in, in certain periods where there is not that much um, competition in terms of selling physical media. So yeah, totally, totally understandable. So is like the would you say the album's totally written out? Are you no, still it's writing? not written out? No, no, no. We're still writing, but you know it's coming together. Yeah. Like we are, you know, so we're going to probably look for recording it towards the fall. And then uh, once we're done recording it, you know, and then we'll hand it, you know, hand in everything. And then it'll probably be released in um, in the spring of 24. So that's what awesome. We'll go with great news. So you guys have a ton of dates lined up for this year. Yeah, we got, we got, we're going to get busy this year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, are there any certain dates, any specific ones you're like extremely excited about, or is it just? Yeah, gonna be our third show in LA. Both shows we played in LA were huge. They were great and awesome energy, and they bring the old school. I mean, those kids, they look like 1986. They know yeah. everything about 1986. They just... So I'm yeah. really into that. So there's still a thrash scene there and there's still like you know kids in their 20s like early 20s like putting out thrash metal it's really awesome like it's still around and really really awesome to see but um thank you so much man for coming on yeah absolutely uh, yeah absolutely. are there any any way fan what's the best way for fans to keep in touch with the band uh, website social media yeah i mean uh, the best way is through our socials um instagram facebook I, I i check them all the time so i talk to fans if, uh, as needed and, and, my, and my my instagram is not private so if you want to hit me up hit me up you can check out my records <laughs> i post cool. records awesome every day. <laughs> cool well i'll uh totally give you a follow man uh thank oh, you man. so much for coming on you got it brother take care awesome yeah Bye. i'm brandon Banik, and this has been disturbing the priest